Time to take flight with Audio Airstrike. This is Audio Airstrike. I'm Everett Hall McNeil. Thank you for joining us. Um, Let's get right into it because this weekend we've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, We've had a lot of stuff transpire. So let's get right into it. Um, First of all, rest in peace, Mac Miller, who passed away of a drug overdose this past weekend. Um, Now, I understand that he is an accomplished artist. I understand that uh, he touched a lot of people. And as a music artist, you do have that influence, especially if you are as talented as a Mac Miller or Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or Drake. When I was in high school, the mixtape Kids was a soundtrack that a lot of people listened to. And from that point on, he grew much more commercial success, transforming his frat rap into something more uh, grown up, more uh, funk sounding, more G-funk sounding as he grew older. Now, there is a couple of things about Mac Miller that I want to touch on. Uh, in 2010, Mac Willem, um, sorry. In 2010, Mac Miller won two awards at the Pittsburgh Hip Hop Awards. He also had most of his mixtapes and albums were commercial success. His first album remains his major work. But there is a underlining problem here that we have seen with Little Peep, XXTacion, and Mac Miller. Um, all three of these gentlemen have one thing in common. All their lives were cut short due to drugs and depression in some way, shape or fashion. Everybody wants to talk about the artist, how talented he was, but nobody wants to talk about how the drugs have taken away so many talented people. And I'm concerned um, looking at the culture, looking at the fact that we are in an era where the fiend is celebrated. Um, at one point, the drug deal was celebrated. This is a new generation now where we are now seeing it's cool to be the fiend or to be under the influence for whatever reason. And this isn't new. This isn't new. I mean, this isn't new that people are suffering through this. However, there were a bunch of signs that Mac was on the influence of something. And I guess he was trying to get help in some way, shape or fashion. And it was very difficult when you're on that stuff. It's, it's very difficult. And I'm not trying to taint his legacy, but this needs to be talked about. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that drugs are a problem in hip hop. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to focus on the music, the tapes, the songs, but nobody wants to get to the real hot button issue is that this life that he lived was rattled with a bunch of different struggles in terms of depression and alcohol. This life that he lived was fast, furious, and he leaned on promos. Prom- Let me look at this. The issue is 
is that he leaned on drugs to cope with the fast and furious life of being a rapper. Taking codeine or a purple drink or lean to manage stress back on a tour in 2012. He got off promethazine in November 2012. And then he was in a four year relationship. Many songs on the mixtape Macadelic were based on that relationship with his girl in 2016. He was reported to have a relationship with Ariana Grande. They ended up breaking it off. People are now coming at Ariana Grande because they are, which I think is completely, completely immature and disrespectful, going on her timeline and saying, you're the reason why he got killed because he never got over you. You, you weren't there. You don't know the details. You, you're, you're just, you're just venting over the loss. That's not a good way to do that, people. Okay. How I look at it is this. Was he a talented artist? Yes. Back in the early 2010s, was he one of those artists that was the soundtrack to your high school or your middle school? Absolutely. He was great. He was great at what he was doing, and he was just scratching. In my opinion, he was just scratching the surface. But we need to really, it's okay to, you know, get with your loved ones and tell them you love them because life is short. But understand that we really need to start attacking the issue in hip-hop that drugs are not the answer to happiness or to cope with your problem. At some point, it's going to take you out. If you keep on using this stuff and you become an addict, we lost way too many people in hip-hop over drugs. Now, I'm not blaming... I'm not trying to taint his legacy... I'm very concerned, though, that we have to hear stories like this, where another talented soul, another talented artist has now been taken due to the influence of drugs. It's OK to remember the music. It's OK to start playing the music. But I encourage all of you, yes, keep his legacy, go and play that music, but also, you know, get in touch with people who are sharing the same struggles as he did. So we don't have to put another RIP to somebody who was gone too soon. I just want to see people win. I don't want to see young people, youth who are uh, same age as me, older, slightly younger, cutting their life short off of drugs. You know, when I was growing up, luckily, you know, by the grace of God, I didn't have to deal with the drug culture or the drug life. But I have seen that influence other people that I knew that I grew up with and also family members of mine. It's a rough life, people. It's a rough life. I don't care if you're the addict or the drug dealer. That's not the way to go. So I just encourage uh, everybody to really, really, really take a stand on getting rid of drugs out of the community, doing it in a very diplomatic and right way, also educating people on how this does not solve all your problems because the problems are still going to be there once the drugs wear off. You get what I'm saying? So rest in peace to Mac Miller. You know, I know he's in a better place and, you know, hopefully we don't get more stories of a artist or even a regular person getting their lives cut short because of these actions, because these actions of being an addict. 
And I'm not trying to tear down this man's legacy. I'm not trying to, but this dude was really struggling with drugs, the stress of being a rapper, all this stuff. And I wish, and I mean, it's one of the things where you constantly wish what could we have done as a culture to really show that, wow, being the fiend isn't really the way to go in hip hop. But it's hard because it's a never ending battle. So it's something that is always going to come up. It's something that's always going to be spiraling around. It's something that always is going to be in the back of everybody's head. Like, yes, tell people you love them while they're still here, but be the example to shift them away from the vices in life that could take them out early before they reach their full potential. That's what I'm saying, man. I think Mac Miller could have dropped five more albums. We don't know the catalog he was working on in the future. You know what I'm saying? I think he was just scratching the surface. A very talented young man, very charismatic young man, a very upbeat young man. You know what I mean? So it's it's just sad, man, because I really want to see people win. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's try to get drugs out of hip hop. Can we do that? I know I'm asking a lot. I said ever, but you know, it's it's like it's hard to break the mentality. I get it. I get it. But there, we have to make a change somehow. It's got to be, it, all it takes is one person or a couple people to really start promoting that positive energy that, hey, maybe these drug things ain't the way to go. We, it's okay to talk about the reality of your life. So I know it's bigger. I know from the bigger picture, the drug influence is much bigger on a social issue perspective, on an ethical issue perspective, and also on a political issue perspective. But we need voices in the culture to be like, no, I was there. Look at these examples. This is somewhere you don't want to be. There are better ways to not only maintain your mental health, but maintain your physical health as well. So you can go out here and do what you need to do. All right. So rest in peace, Mac Miller. The legacy that you've left behind will never be, ever be forgotten. And hopefully your legacy can also help the next generation be more smarter about how they move, not saying Mac Miller did not move smart. It was just the vices of life took him out prematurely. And that's something that I don't want to see. So hopefully this can be used as a lesson to help educate and also help build up the next generations after Mac Miller. All right. So moving on. Speaking of building up people. We need to talk about Colin Kaepernick and the recent deal with Nike and the ad that has everybody talking. Now I will say this. I have been pro Colin Kaepernick and this movement since I got wind that it was starting. And I'll say this. There are players that have had deals with different companies that have had shady records, domestic disputes, drug problems, even being accused of murder. And I hate to say this, I didn't see nobody going and burning a jersey out of outrage for that. Nike just extended the NFL deal. So you're going to burn every 
NFL jersey that has the Nike check on it too? The problem is, is people want to go based on their own narrative about what they think Colin Kaepernick stood up for or kneeled for. And for those of you that still want to paint some narrative that he's this that he's this rebel that is disrespecting the flag and giving the dirty bird to the flag, which is completely not the case. I need you to understand that there was a gentleman by the name of Nate Boyer, who is a Green Beret veteran, who was the one that convinced Colin Kaepernick that kneeling was the most correct way to protest what is going on in this country. Let that marinate for a minute. And despite the outrage and despite what's going on, Nike sales have increased 31% after the Colin Kaepernick ad. Newsflash, people. Nike has always stood by and stood up for or marketed towards the next generation of minorities that are have invested their hard-earned money into the brand. That's facts. Name it. You name it. From Michael Jordan to LeBron to Kobe. They have always invested in some way capacity to people of color. I'm not saying your dollar means less, but I'm saying... You have to understand that to understand the whole totality of what's going on. But also you have to understand that the whole reason why this protest happened was not because he had a problem with the flag, not because he had a problem with the anthem. He had a problem of people of color not being treated as fair or equal on the same level. Bottom line, point blank, period. But the problem in this country is we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We pick and choose what we want to be outraged about. We listen to reply to everything, not to understand. So when I see this, I'm not surprised. Something is wrong if I can go on Facebook or a social media site and then I see another story, another example where a Black kid can't even get into the car with his white grandmother for biracial purposes because the cops will roll up on him thinking he's trying to rob. Not knowing they're related. There's a reason when you see crazy stories like this and people can't even sell lemonade without cops being called on them or can't even do different. You know, they can't even do simple stuff like cut grass without without somebody calling the cops on them. There's a reason why you see in knees hit the ground. There's a reason why Colin Kaepernick is in the position that he's in. The only way we are going to move forward, and that's the biggest problem, is we have to listen to understand what the other side is coming from so we can put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. If you haven't been where I've been, how are you going to know? How are you going to sit over there and try to tell me what my pain is? If you don't take the time to understand it. And that's always been a big issue. So if you want to burn 
your paraphernalia, your Nike paraphernalia, go right ahead. Because they already made their money. You the one out here looking crazy. So, I have no problem with the Nike ad. I have no problem with Colin Kaepernick because I listened to what he stood for. And I applaud for what he is standing for. And if you don't disagree, and if you disagree with me on that, fine, cool. Whatever. But that doesn't make me any less American than you do. That doesn't make me any less of American than you are. I'm happy to live in America. I'm happy to say I'm from America, but I'm not stupid either. We have some issues in this country that nobody wants to discuss. Because tribalism and racism makes money commercially. They don't want to see us united and in, in, in holding hands. I make more money off keeping you separated. I make more money off of tribalism and divisiveness. Hence, this is the reason why protests are important. And sometimes it takes a very uncomfortable situation to invoke change. So I applaud Colin Kaepernick for this. And like I said, if you disagree and you're from this country, uh, either if you're not from this country and you disagree, that's fine. I still think you're a decent human being at the end of the day. I hope you think the same of me. This is the type of dialogue. This is the type of thing we need to hear. Yo, bro, I hear you, but even though I disagree, you still a human being and I still look, I'll still look out for you. That's what we need to start hearing. So hopefully we can get to that change eventually, man, because it, life is too short to be sitting over here and being divisive. This isn't the time to be divisive. You got heads out here losing their lives at 18 and 26, 30. Try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, man. That's the whole point of the reason why we really need to be the United States of America and not the divided snowflakes of America. Just my thoughts. Moving on. Serena Williams is calling out sexism in tennis. Here's why. This is from CNN. Serena Williams was in a heated dispute with umpire during the U.S. Open in the latest controversy involving the tennis superstar in recent months. Japan's Naomi Osaka beat Williams on Saturday in a Grand Slam shutdown that ended in tears for both players for different reasons. What was supposed to be a fairytale matchup for Asaka and the player she idolizes spun out of control when Williams was handed code violations that that she described as unfair. She ended up calling the umpire a thief. Williams accused umpire Carlos Ramos of sexism after he was handed a series of after she was handed a series of code violations during Saturday's match. You stole from me, you a thief, Williams told Ramos, promoting the game penalty ruling. Let me say this. 
these are my initial thoughts. If this is a fairy tale matchup, if I'm the umpire, I'm going to try to be as fair as possible. If this is like a fantasy matchup, I'm not doing nothing to corrupt this. I'm not doing nothing to taint this. I'm, I'm going to make sure this is fair because this is a matchup that is better for the sport. NFL referees do this all the freaking time. Just happens to be in Patriots games. Yes, it's shots fired. And now we are, this is one of the first times Now I don't really follow tennis like that. So this is one of the first times I've seen this in tennis where an umpire decides I'm going to call a bunch of code violations on arguably the best female tennis player in the world. May not even be arguably she is. I mean, let's be honest. She's a 23 time Grand Slam champion. She's the best right now there. I can't think of anybody that has had the legacy she's had in female tennis. This comes from somebody who doesn't watch a lot of female tennis. But I do know who Venus and Serena Williams are. So now I'm looking at this and I'm sitting over here thinking to myself, like, dang, how you gonna mess up a, a matchup like this? The story involved, the person she idolized She's now facing in the U.S. Open final. Big deal. Big deal when you end up facing your idol on a big stage. And this is what the umpire does. I feel like Serena Williams is justified, my dude. I do. Handing out code violations. Not one, several. I'm just saying. It, it seemed like the umpire wanted to to change the narrative and wanted to take the narrative into his own hands. And you got to be careful about that because you never want to take something like that into your own hands because you can end up tainting or giving a black eye to the moment at hand or the, the league at that particular time. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. And. I think Serena Williams has every right to be upset. She's the type of person that if she loses fairly, she takes it on the chin. She goes back, she trains, and she comes back stronger than ever. That has been the story for the past 10, 15 years about her. So if he decides I'm going to change the narrative, she's going to get these code violations out of nowhere and it's not justified if it's not justified if he can't come up with a reasonable excuse as to why he handed out code violations she got a right to be pissed i would be i'm the best player in the world in terms of female tennis and all of a sudden this random umpire is giving me like random code violations taking away a point from me She looked at her square in his face and said, you stole a point from me. You a thief. You are a thief. She also went on to say, 
I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality for all kinds of stuff. For me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark, she said. He never taken a game from a man because they said thief. For me, it blows my mind, but I'm going to continue the fight for women. Now, here's an interesting dichotomy from one male perspective. I'm not saying that Billie Jean King speaks for all the males in tennis, but according to CNN, he's a tennis legend. When a woman is emotional, she's hysterical and is penalized for it. When a man does the same, he is outspoken and there are no repercussions. Oh, let me read that again. Sorry, people. Billie Jean King wrote this in support of Serena Williams. When a woman is emotional, she's hysterical and penalized for it. When a man does the same, he's outspoken and there are no repercussions. Thank you, Serena Williams for calling out this double standard. More voices need to do the same. I'm just saying, there has to be an equal playing field for male and female and how they're treated in their sanctuary of work, in their sanctuary of their career. Just saying. Call a spade a spade and a diamond a diamond. Don't switch rules up because they don't look a certain way. So that's my whole point, man. I'm looking at this and I'm and I'm and I'm going over. I'm researching it. I think Serena Williams has every right to be pissed. I think Serena Williams has every right to be upset. And hopefully this umpire learns his lesson or something happens with him where maybe he needs to not be on a couple of games. And maybe then he needs to take the time to really, really evaluate how he moves out here. So that's my two cents on the whole Serena Williams issue. Now, speaking of issues, there is an issue that has come up that is finally coming to a head. And it finally came. There's an issue that finally came to a head between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B as they got into a altercation at the New York Fashion Week party. This feud is at a fever pitch. The rappers were seen, this is based off of CNN Entertainment, the rappers were seen leaving New York Fashion Week and a fight ensued. Now, I will say this now. They like to sauce it up a bit. Let's call a spade a spade and diamond a diamond here. Nikki had at least a couple people surrounding her, keeping her a distance from Cardi B. Cardi B was charging at Nikki. People were trying to hold her back. She throws the shoe. Cardi B says, come here. Nikki says, I'm standing right here. Are we surprised by this? Because after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of the constant coverage of this supposed beef, are we surprised that Cardi B is out here coming at Nikki like this? Are we really that surprised, people? Because I'm not. Because when I hear Remy Ma, Little Kim, 
Iggy Azalea, have similar stories about Nicki Minaj doing everything possible to push them out the way so they don't get that kind of shine. And they have warned the public of this. And then here comes Cardi B, 2017, last year. Had the whole entire country singing Bodak Yellow. Doing big numbers. Song of 2017 easily. And any time somebody gets that hype, sadly, Nicki Minaj, as talented as she is, she gets, she feels threatened. As talented as she is, she feels threatened. What are you threatened about? You have your own lane. Is Nicki Minaj a star? Yes. Is she a superstar? No. Because the superstars don't pay attention or don't respond to the naysayers a lot. You want to know who are superstars? Drake, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Kendrick. You don't see them going back and forth with a bunch of people. You know what they say? I'm going to let my actions speak. And then y'all can figure out the rest. So when I sit over here and I'm looking at this, are we really surprised? Because this is the behavior Nicki Minaj has exhibited throughout her entire career. The second she feels threatened or the second she feels her integrity is questioned, she feels the need to push people out the way or clap back with words. And as far as doing smart remarks about somebody's child, if that's the case, why act so petty at your age? You don't mention somebody's kid. So if that's the case, you're talking all this stuff about in your songs, how you would mess somebody up. But then when Cardi provides that real smoke, I, didn't, I looked at the video. I didn't see her lunging over trying to get at her either. Cardi was ready. Cardi was ready. And I don't think Nikki was ready for that smoke at that particular time. You have to be careful. Let this be a lesson. You have to be careful how you move out here. Because you end up losing respect. Like me, when I was younger, I heard of guys acting out. But I said, just give me the music. That's all I care about. This is when I was younger. But now you can't get me to listen to a Kanye album now. You can't get me to like she came out with this album Queen. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't checking for it. Because I can't give you my time so you can get a stream when I see how you move.
I can't do that. It bothers me. So if you're bringing kids into it, yeah, Cardi B's got every right to be upset. So hopefully Cardi B can get that negative energy out the way. However, she got to do it because regardless, she's going to win. And I hate to say it, but I feel like people are going to slowly start feeling a type of way. Well, some people already are. That people are not going to be as high on Nikki as they used to be. And that's the reality of the situation. So that's my two cents on that. For those of you who have not seen Power, I would suggest that you pause this and go watch the season finale. The only moment that I'm going to talk about is the ending where Angela Valdez gets shot by Tommy. Do you think as watching this season, do you think that was the right move? What repercussions do you think is going to happen? I want you to discuss this in the comments. I will chime in too, so we can talk about it more in depth. Because I look at this and I, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of. It took me by surprise at first, but then when I really started thinking it over, I was like, Tommy has gotten to that point where he can't really trust anybody really but Tasha. Maybe his girlfriend second. He's gotten to the point he can't even trust Ghost because Ghost is sitting over there giving Vincent information. And he knows that if he gives this information, which was the couple of photos of Teresi, who was Tommy's father, uh, in a photo with two feds, who was Mock and Saxton, that Tommy would kill his own father. And Ghost knew that, giving the photos to Vincent. Tommy goes back to Vincent and says, who gave you those photos? He admits that it was Ghost. Which sets off Tommy to kill, which sets off Tommy to try to kill Ghost, but Angela pushes him away and she takes the bullet for Ghost. Now, when I'm looking at this, it's going to be interesting to see how the next season starts, but I want you guys' opinion about it. What do you think is going to happen? Where do you think they go from for here? What are your thoughts? So I want you to comment under below or give your thoughts, whether you're on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Whether you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, I want your thoughts on this particular topic. And so that way we can open up the discussion more. All right. But it was an interesting season finale to power for those. Once again, if you are listening to this and you have heard everything I've just said, do not blame me because I spoiled it for you. I warned you to pause this episode before you listened anymore to this because I, I warned you I was going to give away spoilers. So I don't want to hear nobody clapping back at me being like, Everett, how could you? No. Now, let's get to some more positive news. I wanted to end on a couple of higher notes. And this is one of the high notes of the weekend. Now, for those of you who've been hiding under a rock, 2015, these two had a serious beef going on and... This past weekend at a Boston concert, Drake and Meek Mill squashed the beef. This is seriously major, at least in the hip hop culture. This is seriously major. After three years of dissing each other, these two have put the feud to rest. This was at the TD Garden. 
This was on the Aubrey and the Three Migos tour. And they had Meek Mill make a surprise appearance. And the hug that has been going around all over IG and other social media platforms. Let me tell you something. These two men doing this at this time is what's best for the culture as a whole. I'm happy about it. It's always refreshing to see two men that have matured and that have talked and that have had that time to understand each other and really sit over there and discuss and really sit over there and hash out really dead situations, really have no hard feelings, the embrace at the end. This is something that is needed. And I would like to see more of in the culture because nowadays in an era where a lot of people like to hold grudges, they're showing us it's much more bigger for the two of them to come together and be on one accord than for the two to go at each other and for us just to feed into the beef. I feel like it helps each other get better. When these two get together and they squash certain stuff, because you got to understand something. Look at where Meek is now. And I'll be honest, me being older now, back then, I wasn't really a fan of how Meek Mill was moving. But after seeing what he went through, after the maturity process, after what, after seeing how he moved back then to how he moved now, I see the growth. I see the maturity. Same thing with Drake. I applaud this. I love this. This has been a long time coming. I enjoy this. You know what I mean? We need to see more of this. And to be honest, these are two of the most influential voices in hip hop. So with this next generation coming in that may not have all the answers and then and, and you can argue they are somewhat misguided. What better way to show them a different path than to have two of the most influential people squash their beef and now they're helping out the next generation. It doesn't get any better than that. So my hat's off to them. Definitely my hat's off to them. Because this was an awesome moment. One of my favorite rappers, for real, for real, Drake said to Meek, that love and respect there went viral. Perfect way to end the weekend. So shout outs to Meek Mill, shout outs to Drake. Shout outs to Meek Mill and Drake for squashing their beef. Uh, speaking of beef that is ongoing, recently we had MGK go at Eminem, which is considered an unpardonable sin in hip hop for Rap Devil. This is my thoughts uh, very quickly on that diss track. It was well done. Um, I'm not going to sit over here and downplay uh, what MGK was able to do. Um, I think it was a respectful diss over a, a very disrespectful diss. Um, admitting that he was the GOAT, that he's one of the greatest ever, and but he's old and bitter and needs to go somewhere. That was basically in a nutshell what MGK was referencing too. My, if MGK was in the same space as me and I was interviewing him, I would really be curious to ask him, are you sure this is the way you want to go about this? Are you sure this is the way that you really want to have this handled? 
here's why, right? MGK has a Pac-Man tattoo on, I guess, it's like his shoulder blades. Or I should say, um, on his chest. It's like his upper chest. He has like a Pac-Man tattoo going across his chest on either side of his chest. Not on the back of the shoulder blades, more in the front. So, recently on IG, Eminem was doing like a live IG video and he's just playing Pac-Man. Notice the connection between the two. I don't need to say anymore. So expect some time this coming week or the, I guarantee probably within the next couple of weeks, we will hear Eminem clap back at MGK. I'm concerned because it could be MGK ending up like Ja Rule. Then again, there's another argument. Has Eminem really had a feud with somebody of lyrical caliber? Is this the first one? Y'all can discuss that. Y'all can comment underneath if you want to get into that discussion. I'll chime in as well. Because this is the first time somebody has gone at him directly and in this way. I'll give it to MGK. You got a lot of balls. Pause. But not a lot of brains. You like swimming with the sharks. I'll give you that. I will hand you that. But boy, it might be... You might end up getting bit and bit bad. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds, to see where this goes, and, and who knows where it can go from there. It's just It's just been a crazy week. It's been a real crazy week when you got MGK going at Eminem because Eminem got at MGK on the Kamikaze album and then G-Eazy comes at MGK. Look, I may be stirring the pot here when I say this. As of right now, between MGK and G-Eazy, with the past couple of years, I've favored g Easy's music over MGK. I'm just not really checking for MGK's music, man. It's just I hear certain tracks and it's like, uh, I prefer older, some of the older tracks from MGK. It's just my listening opinion. I don't, I don't really have a personal problem with these guys. It's just my personal opinion is listening taste. But that, that g Easy diss... That MGK was throwing out there, and then the bad boy track that G Easy dropped against MGK, that was pretty good as well. Because you can make an argument that the spot that G Easy is in was the level that MGK was supposed to come up to. I may be starting shots about that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear that, comment underneath. Be interactive with me. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it if you are listening to this episode. So this is going to be an interesting couple of weeks to see how all this mayonnaise mayhem and to see how all this white on white crime is going to unfold. <laughs> I'm just getting jokes off. But um, hey, look, I just want to thank you guys for listening. This is a shorter episode. Uh, it's just me on today. But with all the news that is going on, I just wanted to really give my honest thoughts and opinions, uh, chime in. And hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to this. Uh, you can follow us 
Everything is under the username Audio Airstrike, all one word, all lowercase, no underscores, nothing like that, nothing crazy. Just all lowercase at Audio Airstrike, Airstrike all together. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening and looking forward to next week with some more topics. Also, if you guys want uh, any topics to discuss about some of the stuff that's going on in the community or something that something that you came across, you know, feel free to send it in and we'll discuss it and we'll talk about it. We'll definitely we'll definitely chop it up. I'm all for good conversation. I'm all for uh, conversations that move forward. So for those of you who are listening for the first time, thank you for listening. And also look forward to having you chime in another time and having you listen in on the next episode. So I'm Everett Hall McNeil. This has been Audio Airstrike. Take care, people. See ya.